BSD Talk number 145. It's Tuesday, April 1, 2008. Happy April Fool's Day. Unfortunately, I just don't have the time or creativity to come up with some unbelievable or perhaps believable April Fool's joke for you, but I do have a brief interview that Michael Dexter recorded on behalf of BSD Talk. But before we get to that interview, I did want to pass along a little story about the joy of the consistency and simplicity of BSD. And essentially, I was working with somebody who is new, maybe not completely new, but is starting to get back into learning how to use Unix-like systems. And so they were starting to take a look at a Linux distribution. And during the install process, they were a little confused by the whole startup scripts thing that you have with System 5 or System V Unix-like systems. And it was actually kind of amazing. One, it's amazing that I think I'm starting to get rusty when it comes to my Linux skills. Sort of what I assume is going on is really not what's going on anymore. I started a whole discussion about the different run levels and trying to figure out what your default run level is, how to link the particular scripts into the proper directory for the proper run level, and then started down the road of trying to explain about the check config utility that does all that complicated linking and putting the right numbers in dependencies for you. And I found out that utility wasn't around anymore, and they weren't even using the standard init anymore, rather using something called upstart, which I'm sure has a lot of promise and and has some really neat features. But wow, uh, things are definitely getting a little complicated, and I understand the reasons for upstart, you know, wanting to have an event-driven init such that when you plug in a network card, things happen automatically based on that event. But at the same time, as I'm trying to explain it to somebody, it sure was quite confusing and So I was really uh, happy when I could say, well, even though this isn't what you're using, why don't I show you what happens on the BSD systems? Here's a simple file where you basically say yes or no to the services that you want to start. And given that this was for a server, that was perfectly wonderful. So just a sort of a brief story about one of my daily interactions with somebody who's new to the Unix world and, and being able to show them that the BSDs do have some wonderful simplicity to offer. All right, now on to the interview. This is Michael Dexter on behalf of Will Backman and BSD Talk, and today on BSD Talk, we're talking to Adam Wright of No Starch Press. Adam, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. I understand you are the developmental editor on Peter Henstein's recent book, The Book of PF. Can you tell our listeners about the history of No Starch Press and the BSD community? Absolutely. When you're looking at the history between No Starch Press and the BSD community, you really have to start with Michael Lucas's books. Absolute BSD was a great title. It was really well received by the BSD community. Absolute OpenBSD is more of the same. And we're looking at his most recent book, Absolute FreeBSD Second Edition, with high hopes. Looking at the acknowledgement section of Michael's books, it looks like a great deal of peer review went into his work. What can you tell us about that? The community support aspect of Michael's books really was something special. Since he was a fellow developer and, and committer, his peers offered their advice helped flush out chapters, and really made a positive impact on the final product. It looks like Peter's recent book has brought that community participation to a new level with some pretty key figures. Can you tell us about how that involvement began from the very inception? 
Sure. If I remember correctly, Drew Levine was the first person to put us in contact with Peter Hanstein. Peter had been doing his tutorial sessions uh, at various BSD cons, and everyone agrees that they're very helpful. He'd also developed his online tutorial, and it really made a great book concept. We expanded it, adapted it a little bit, and it was ready to go. From there, though, it really grew. Top down, we've had great support from the BSD community. Theo reviewed the book once it was complete and kind of you know, gave it his vote of confidence. Bob Beck wrote a glowing forward and really helped kind of highlight OpenBSD's role in the development of PF. For our technical review, we had Henning Brower, who's a superstar PF developer, and he did a great job. Not only was you know, his technical expertise a great help, but he was always right on time with his communication, readily available when we needed answers. He was prompt with his review of chapters, and it was really refreshing. Given that the Book of PF discusses not only OpenBSD, but also free and NetBSD, can you tell us how those communities participated in its review and development? Absolutely. Since the configuration of PF for FreeBSD and NetBSD is an important part of the book, the accuracy of that information was critical. Henning reviewed it and said you know, it looked good to him, and he suggested maybe we bring someone who's a little more active in FreeBSD and NetBSD in, just to make absolutely certain that the configurations will work on those systems. So we got in contact with Greg Leahy, who was more than gracious about offering his advice. And once we got the green light from him, we knew the book was ready. In what amount of time did that all take place? Really, once Peter finished writing the manuscript, there was probably two or three months that we were going around getting feedback from people like Henning or Greg. And then finally, the book was sent on to the OpenBSD Foundation for Theo to look over and for Bob Beck to review in advance of his foreword. Do you have any other BSD books in the works? Yeah, we've got a complete manuscript in production right now from Brian Hong called Building a Server with FreeBSD 7. It's going to be a unique book in that it has a sort of cafeteria-style approach to setting up and admitting a FreeBSD server. What I mean there is, for someone who doesn't necessarily need to know all of the internals that you would get from Michael Lucas's book, but instead wants a FreeBSD server to run a personal website or maybe a small database, you can sort of pick the projects you want to set up and customize your server to whatever degree you need. And then from there, if you need change in the future, you'll have those resources available to grow your server. Are there any BSD-related topics that you're soliciting proposals for? Sure. There are a few things we've been discussing recently. One particular topic was a book on high-availability BSD servers. I think Peter might be calling dibs on that one if our recent discussions are an indication. But that doesn't mean it's the only thing we're looking for. One project that's been kind of brewing in my mind for a while is a book on BSD kernel development. There's a Linux kernel development book that's been out for a while and has seen a lot of success. More importantly, though, a BSD kernel development book would be a great complement to Joseph Kong's Designing BSD Rootkits, which we published in 2007. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about today? I'd just like to mention for your listeners, if they have any proposal ideas, they can download a proposal form from nostarch.com. Or if they'd like to discuss ideas directly, they can reach our editorial team at editors at nostarch.com. Thank you for talking to BSD Talk. Thanks for having me. If you'd like to leave comments on the website or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. And if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk number 145.